this is your pathway to pro. Yeah, let's get to it. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm James O'Hagan, and I do an esports podcast. No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, like, pick it back up. All right, cool, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, James O'Hagan, I, I serve uh, the Racine Unified School District. I'm the director of digital and virtual learning uh, for the school district here in Racine. And, and Racine, Wisconsin is a very unique place. Uh, call it, it's like a microcosm of everything in the United States. It's it's rich and poor. It's 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 racially divided. Uh, we've got a city that's very divided. We got gang problems. Uh, we're right on Lake Michigan, right between Milwaukee and Chicago one of those rust belt towns where there's been a lot there was a lot of factory here a long time ago and now that Racine is really trying to reinvent itself and one of the ways that we're starting to do that is as actually through esports um we we started our program in the Racine Unified School District back in 2016 with a, a small grant i actually started a program in 2015 14 15 down in Rockford Illinois which is a very similar town like Racine um, but trying to find ways to engage kids. This has always been about engaging kids. And what I've learned from the opportunities to engage kids is, again, thinking beyond the games, thinking beyond the computers and thinking about all the other things in this ecoverse. I like to, you know, you call it, a, I, I, you can call, I think ecoverse is a good ecoverse. way to call it. You know, I'm coining it now after hearing from you. <laughs> it, you, know, like, you know, just like scholar gamers, we're talking about the esports ecoverse. And it, it's it's a huge um, beautiful thing that when you start to realize just as just as broad as it is, there really is something for just about every kid. And if there isn't something for that kid who says, you know, I really want to be part of this, but I don't know what my role is. Yeah, it's it's just like with marching band. You know, the, you could you Dr. Chris Haskell love to talk about you know give the kid a triangle and just let him hit a triangle. You know, yeah. get him involved, get him get another seat, put him in there somewhere. And uh, what we've done in the city of Racine has been pretty phenomenal, I think, uh, with very little budget. Uh, we yeah. actually have five uh, different, we have five high schools, so we have five different teams. Yes. Um, we also now have, um, we all been participating in the same space before yeah. COVID, which I think was really unique because a lot of places, you know, they think I got to build one at every high school. We rented yeah. a space at our local gaming lounge, like you'd rent a bowling alley. And putting all five kids together, not just in the same physical space, but also through our Discord and putting them in the same digital space as well, really has helped to unite what usually is a very divided city, at least between the high schools. A lot of kids didn't really see themselves, you know, you know, all oh, those Horlick kids are nothing like us park kids or us case kids, you know, we're, yeah. we're <laughs> and they're really finding these commonalities and these networks now that kids are starting to develop across the city, which I think has done a tremendous job to not only help them before COVID, but really during COVID as well. Yeah. And what I've come to realize, especially through COVID, is that what all of this really comes down, if there was some ultimate, like, what is your ultimate favorite thing of all this? It's yeah. been the community. Yes. It's been the community that has developed around this. And it isn't just kids. It's the kids and the adults and the people yeah. in the community who have taken an interest in this whole whole thing that we're doing. That's awesome. So your parent first, right? Yeah. So in this instance, how has that helped you as an educator at Racine? Well, I mean, again, having that community, I mean, you got to realize the city of Racine is probably uh, one of the most, when it comes to digital poverty, when it comes to digital redlining, Racine yes. is one of those areas where we realize that uh, very quickly when we went remote, that uh, we had to think a lot differently very quickly about how kids are connected, how families yes. are connected uh, in our city. Yeah. So we, throughout 
the playbook, the playbook that had been used for the last <laughs> 20 years when it comes to E-rate funding. And we said, you know what, let's get with, and it's funny too, starting a conversation with Spectrum, which is our cable internet service provider in town. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting conversation because they did, I don't think they realized just how big the digital divide issue was yeah. in the city. And even the fact that, yes, they were providing low-cost internet service to families, which is fantastic. However, yes. the stipulations of their own contract that they did, the, the people who were trying to tell us, you know, no, we can just we can just flip a switch was you had to disconnect your service for 30 days in order to get that low-cost internet service. Yeah. And so what the school district said was, let's negotiate. And so yeah. what the school district said is, you know what, let's instead, let's wire the family. Families can't afford internet service. The school district's going to take care of the bill. Wow. Which I think is a huge plus when it comes to connecting families. Because we realize if it's going to be an educational tool, if, if the internet service is required for internet, for, for schooling, then let's pay for that service. So families now have internet access into the home, which is a huge plus. So we're, wow. we're more connected than ever. Every kid has a device. And where that helped is, of course, now that we were all stuck at home, was it allowed kids to still participate through esports. But we still had the issues of some of these gaming computers just, you know, some of these kids Not just there. don't have gaming computers. Exactly. Well, I serve on the library board also for the city of Racine. And I went to the library and I said, you know what? We have these gaming laptops that we have for our teen space. Can we check these out to kids? And of course, the library was like, absolutely. So yeah, for sure. they got them out to kids who don't have gaming PCs in the home. So our Overwatch season, we're coming up to the state finals this week, our, our finals, finals for the state of Wisconsin. And so we've got some kids who are using library borrowed uh gaming laptops to yeah. compete this weekend in uh the overwatch <laughs> that's awesome so james let's talk about the teams that you have um a part of the, the 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 school district and then also when it comes down to talk about the budget you know a lot of individuals out there you know are that are they want this to transpire but they're mm -hmm. like man I'm scared. Do my even do my school even have the funds to start it? And how do I even approach them to ask? Kind of give that perspective. Yeah, that's a that's the typical question that I get a lot. Is the first question is what computers do I buy and what what you know games are we going to play? And I I even have this conversation going on now with my middle schools, right? And let's take middle school because I know middle school is one that's really starting to blow up. You know, they yes. want to get. Kids involved and and they're because a lot of the games that we play at the high school don't necessarily jive really well with middle school. Yeah. Again, they don't want a lot of shooter games. They want something that's a little more constructive and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I have two middle schools in district who I'm com in conversation with right now. One is the fine arts school. One is a school that has serious engagement issues. Yes. They, they just have issues of trying to get all kids involved in extracurriculars. Both have very different goals around what they want to do with esports. The performing okay. arts school says, you know what? We really want to make sure that we, just like how you have your studio set up at Exposure, yeah. um, they want to give these kids an experience of behind the microphone, in front of the camera, doing video production, having you know graphic art design and, and music and, and, and all that. The other school is like, that would be great down the road, but right now we just got to get kids engaged with a positive adult interaction and playing games exactly two very different same school district two very different goals at two different schools but the way i always tell it is when you're starting out this journey is look at what your school's current strategic goal is don't even worry about what esports says yeah right don't don't try to pigeonhole it but look at you know if your school right now has an issue say with um 
attendance mm -hmm. or has an issue with graduation rates. And it's written down that, hey, we want to increase our graduation rate by five, 10%. I asked the question, I said, well, if you could engage another 10 to 20 kids in school a year, what does that do for your graduation rates? And if that, if that, if an extra 10 or 20 kids graduating every year moves the needle, then guess what? And it's through esports. Then guess yes. what? The conversation of how do I spend the money becomes a little bit easier because one of the biggest costs that a school has are those kids who just don't finish or come yes. to another or going from middle school to high school, they come in unprepared, right? And a lot of that unpreparedness comes from simply they don't go to school. Exactly. They're just not, the attendance is low. Exactly. So, it, it, if you can, if I can say to somebody, you know, if I can graduate you an extra 10 or 20 people a year, what's that worth to you? Yeah. That makes the esports conversation a little bit easier, right? Smart. That makes that it, it always is good to speak from the strategic goals of whether it's the school, the school district, find those things that the district is trying to move the needle. That's the thing the superintendent is having their job performance uh, uh, weighed on. That's what the, principal has their job weight on. And if you're really not sure about what a good esports program should look like, you know, what are some of the yeah. things you can do to measure it? Yeah. Uni, Uni esports has an actual rubric. Now they developed it for colleges, but you as an educator should be able to take that college Uni esports rubric and break it down for either a high school or a middle school and really start to think again, beyond the games, because I, I you know, what makes me, uh, what bothers me is there's a lot of stories. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. <laughs> There's a lot of stories out there of schools that make this really big splash and they say, hey, we're going to go with esports, right? And they and they say, look at our arena. We spent, you know, we put in 12 yes. in here. We got all these colorful chairs. We got all this great stuff. But they that's it. That's yeah. the last story. They, they are to Chris Turner down in Louisiana who's yeah. hustling. Who's hustling. Yeah. Yeah. hustling. And making, you know, Chris Turner, if, you're, if you don't know who Christopher Turner is, follow him. Yes, he's making those college and high school connections. He's showing just how broad this ecosystem is. He's connecting his kids into beautiful things. Yes. But a lot of schools say, let's get the chairs, let's get the computers and and set it up. And that's the last you hear. Of exactly. And that's really disappointing. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's the same dynamic when you think about the esports space as well. It's you'll find individuals that comes in the space with a lot of money and a lot of um, extravagance. But um, the real the real work comes in developing the community and the grassroots and kind of building that to where it can actually start to build itself. And that's where it gives the actual participants of building their portfolio builders, right? So ultimately just trying to create that machine, you know, is more important than just saying, hey, I have it and I'm gonna just throw it on there, you know, and that takes time. So a school has to understand that it's not overnight as well. So being able to understand how to manage that budget, that budget is going to be like, all right, we're going to spend this money today, but when we are going to see our results and you have to, and that school and that instructor, that admin has to understand the long-term goal, the long-term ramifications. But I'd love how you stated it is, how can we do this to ensure that someone graduates? <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, like, yeah. and I, I looked at it, I'm like, wow, I just learned just right now about that. That's actually really, really, really smart. You know, so James, you know, what are some of the, you know, like if you had to give budget amounts in based off of what you've experienced, what, what, what would it take? What have you seen in the space? Cause you talk to a lot of instructors, um, you utilize, you, you know, utilize Twitch to be able to speak to individuals based off of your perspective. 
what have been those uh, those budget ranges that you've seen in regards to you know implementing a you know a feasible program both from a, a low tier mid tier high tier or however you want to be able to describe it yeah sure the um the important thing with this and i think it's something that is really missed on unfortunately is um there are a lot of educators who i know are really excited about esports yeah. And there are a lot of educators who are really brilliant in this space. Yes. And they're not getting paid. Yes. And there's only so much you can do with passion. Yes. And at some point, you need to stop giving it away for free. <laughs> and you got to get paid. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and some people say, well, what, what are you doing with your people? Well, I've got 12 educators, 12 staff across the five high schools. And they work all year round. Yeah. And so uh, even if I, even me saying this right now, it sounds low, but we pay them $5,000 stipend a year. Mm -hmm. okay? And that, and, and it's just, here it is. And I know they're working their tails off. Every single yes. one of them are working their tails off with their kids and they're making yes. connections with kids and off hours and all that other stuff. Yeah. But we said, you know, we got to get them paid. So yes. $5,000. So my budget, just staff out the door is 60 grand. Yes. Okay. And that's incredibly important. The other thing too, uh, it, it, you know, to, in order for this to be serious, you have to take yourself seriously, right? And so this is this is part of that seriousness. Um, the other part of it is uh, for the kids is is making sure that you set aside funds for jerseys. I mean, it's 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 those kind of little things that I think are really important when it comes to um, making sure that your program is coming off as a serious program. Note that I haven't said anything about what league to join or what group to be a part of, because in a lot of this, you don't necessarily need to go join up with a league. Um, nothing I've said here is a turnkey solution. Everything is that when I think about esports, and I think the, the thing that a lot of people don't realize getting into this is that there's there's so much opportunity for you to meet your kids where they are in your school specific to them that a lot of people don't think beyond the uh, the leagues that they see out there, the, the sales pitch, yeah, come join our league and everything will be great. That's not the work. That's that's not it. It, it is designing and making something that is unique for yours. So if, if I'm thinking about costs, again, pay your people. Yes. Make sure you got money for jerseys. And, and the equipment, do the equipment the best that you can. If, if the best you all can do is a couple of Xboxes, like again, Chris Turner. Yeah. He had, sure. he had a great program going for a while. And it was just, I think, Xbox or PlayStation. Exactly. You know, I've heard people who are just doing this all on a Switch. You know, they're doing Smash Brothers, uh, St. Catharines High School in Racine, Wisconsin. All yes. they play is uh, Smash Brothers. That's it. Yeah. They're Smash Brothers school. Fine. Yeah. Cool. Um, there's nothing that says you have to play all the games. There's nothing that says you have to play Overwatch and League of Legends yeah. and Rocket League and all that other stuff make it your own yeah. and make it where it fits with your goals. Going back again to where, where is this going to help you move your needle? Exactly. Find out what your kids like. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. You know, and as I talk, we, you mentioned Christopher Turner, I talked to him a lot. And one of the coolest things is that, you know, it's, how do you bring business into the space of esports so therefore you don't have to necessarily rely on the education infrastructure and the budgeting from the school so you know james talk about some of the business components that you've incorporated to bring in additional revenue you know not for let's just say today but in the future just as much for the programs 
That is uh, an interesting conversation to have. Um, uh, first of all, we and, and this is something where somebody with a, a, a degree, I guess, or who has worked in administration side of education maybe sees things a little differently than, say, a teacher. Yeah. And again, there's and I'm not trying to put any I, I want to make sure I say this right. It, it yep. isn't that I'm trying to just, you know, pour water on anybody's fire, internal fire or anything like that. But yeah. As I have found working with my own school district right now, there are a lot of moving parts. Yes. And there's a lot of things. And I can't just now if you're in a small school, I've worked in a small school district before where, you know, you could walk into the superintendent's office, sit yeah. down, have a conversation, everything sorted out in five minutes. <laughs> my school district is not that way. <laughs> but it, it takes getting the right people on the same page, your finance department, your IT yeah. department, you know, communications, district leadership. Yeah make sure that they all know what's going on. But then, you know, there's certain things you can and can't do depending on how you're set up. So yeah. for a while we were budgeted in a way where I couldn't just go out and get funds. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't just go hit up businesses and things yeah, like that. Exactly. Now, now I'm in a position where um, I can take in donations. I can take in, um, you know, things for, for, uh, for our program. But yes. that took, a, that's a long yeah. Conversation. That yeah. is not a conversation that just happens overnight in some places. Exactly. So you have to have all your stakeholders at the table because yeah. even, even this, um, perfect example. Uh, we started our season this year, even though COVID had everybody on lockdown, we said, Hey, we're still going to start our esports program. Now yeah. my, my esports program sits under me. Okay. Uh -huh. It's under my department of digital and virtual learning. It is not under athletics. Yeah. Athletics found out about our, our season and they got a little upset mm. because, well think about this they had been telling their their kids no sports yeah and then here comes esports yeah and I, and I said i said well first of all i don't answer to you all yeah you know but it, it is it that it does send a mixed message in the school district right it does and it, it can create problems for the athletic department if hey why is esports getting to go but we aren't you know, exactly. why are all these other activities canceled, but we can't have ours yeah. or we're having this over here. It's it's again, it's a matter of just having all these proper conversations, getting all yeah. the people to say, and I'm constantly educating even the yeah. success that we've had in our school district. It's like you get tired of having the same conversation over and over yeah. again, but it's a necessary conversation to have. Yes, for sure. That's awesome. So let's take it to the challenges of these programs. Let's take it from you know, the admin to the instructor to your, you know, your team that you have all the way up to the actual, um, the, um, the participants within the leagues and the student body as well. So let's kind of break it down from all of those elements so everybody can understand some of the things that they will or won't be challenged with um, in, in, as they build up their programs. Well, it, it is important to have that administrative support, number one. Yes. And and, and I, I, I gave everybody a head start because I came in kind of knowing what to do already. Mm -hmm. So and, and I had already failed. I won't say <laughs> failed, but uh, our, my experience, I'll tell you this. My experience in Rockford prepared me for my experience in Racine because yes. the Rockford experience was very much a lot of the mistakes that a lot of people make right now. Hey, we need the computers. We need we got the game. Let's get going. Yes. And then we had 10 kids come out and that was it. Exactly. And, and it's like we can do this better, right? 
there's, there's yeah. gotta be more to it than this, right? We know there's scholarships at Robert Morris University just to the east mm -hmm. east of us here, okay, in Chicago. So we were we were thinking about those lines, but going in there and having that administrator who is educated on this, and you don't need to have a tremendous amount of depth, but again, speaking yeah. if you if you got to speak from those strategic goals, and that's what I do. In the face of budget deficits, I'm talking our school district in the last three years that I've been there has faced double, uh, well, we're talking nine, is it six, eight, eight figure, yeah. eight digit figure, exactly. in the 10, <laughs> 10 million plus dollars. Yes. We've been able to grow our budget. Okay. Perfect. Because I'm speaking from the strategic goals. Yes. Having, and now that's the administrative side, having the okay. teachers, having the teachers and the support, not every teacher is coming into this space who's going to be a pro at Overwatch or Smite or Rocket League or whatever game you're going to play. Yeah. What I look for in those people is I look for somebody who's passionate about working with kids, yeah. who is willing to be vulnerable because yeah. you're not always going to be the content expert. This isn't like coaching high school football, right? Yeah. Where you have a football coach who's played the game, knows the game, you know, all levels. You're not going to have that experience. Yes. So you got to really be a, an educator who is willing to put yourself out there, do what's best for kids, listen yeah. to kids, develop relationships, develop yes. community. Those are the most important things I look for with an with an educator. Do I have yes. do I have some who are very good in the games now? Absolutely, I do. Yes, for sure. And you have to be in the trenches. You have to be in the trenches. It's no different than you know that gamer that's looking to get involved in their community of other gamers. It's the same logic from a teacher perspective. If you really want to do this, you have to be just as involved. And it's no different for anybody who want to tap into this space. You literally have to get into it and get your hands wet. You can't really just talk about it. You really got to be about it. And and and, and get paid. That's yes. the other thing. Your, your, passion, your passion will wear out with the pay out. Yes. Yes. And then and then I guess let's let's take the layer of kids and teachers kind of together because it's also important for kids to see themselves in their coaches. So it isn't just getting all the gaming teachers together because those are going to be predominantly male. We want to find those two who um, you know, whether it's a counselor, a social worker you know, connect with those groups as well in this, because those are going to be the ones who are going to find those kids who yeah. probably most need this. Yes. The the one mistake we made in Rockford that I, that I hope we're working towards fixing, we're not there where I want to be yet because my goal is I want our esports team to be a cross section of our school. I want it to be, yes. if it's 50, 50 boys and girls, I want it to be 50, 50 boys and girls. Yes. If it's 30, 30, 40, you know, racial demographics, I want it split 30, 30, 40. Yes. You've got to, when you recruit, we know that the, the demographic data, 97% of boys, 83% of girls across all socioeconomics, across all races are playing video games. There's no reason why our team should be all white male boys or all Very much so. one or whatever. Okay. Yeah. We sh and, and I will say that our schools are better than the rest. When I go to a state competition and I see where our state is, yeah. I know we're better than the state, but we're not where I want to be. Perfect. But again, it's having, we have uh, female teachers who are leaders. We have uh, people of color who are our coaches. So yes. it, and we call them general managers. It's a lot of pressure to call them a coach because a coach has that mindset of being front and center in the stage where a general manager yes. is making things happen. Exactly. So we call them general managers and, and we call our kids scholar gamers. I don't call Perfect. them esports athletes. Okay. 
because these kids are doing more than just playing. Yes, exactly. They are they are doing the social media work. Uh, we partnered. Here's a great story of for your eco or for our ecoverse. Yes. Um, last year, the uh, Racine County Eye came to us. They were actually in the same building um, as our esports uh, practices. We were downstairs. They were upstairs. Okay. And they came down and said, you know, when we run a story that has esports, our uh, ad revenue goes way up. But we don't know anything about esports. Yeah, I said they said we would love to cover your teams, but we gotta we would we need to we need some help. And I said I've got a whole bunch of kids down here who can tell you everything about <laughs> every game, educate. And so what happened was instead of just having you know these kids get interviewed, they yes. were working with the press to yes. write the stories. That's perfect. Okay? So it, it, and again, that's not an esports athlete. And I don't know why people get so bent out of shape about the term esports athlete. They're calling yeah. it fine. Get bent out of shape. I don't care. I'm yeah, calling them sure. scholar gamers. That's yeah. the one thing. That's the one thing I took from the NCAA. Yeah, I can probably help you with that. I think uh, I, I like the term. You know, scholar gamers. You know, I think the 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 thought process from an esports athlete is that of wanting to be considered an athlete just like other traditional athletes because of the dynamics and the type of notoriety, the type of acceptance it becomes when you're an athlete. I know, you know, when I was in high school and even middle school, I was considered a good athlete and I got perks for being a good athlete in school and individuals will see being an athlete and I would like to be considered an athlete because the perks that comes with it, right? One, you get to talk to individuals, you get the, you know, you get you get your name called on the PA system, you know, just the you get to see athletes, you know, especially if you're in an economically challenged area, you get to see athletes like LeBron, millions of dollars, and it's just the at the term athlete is very critical, and that's why, you know, I I, I at, at the beginning, Geekleets was like, okay, I, how do I help you know someone feel like an athlete? and not be ashamed of being a gamer. And that was a lot, I can only imagine, that's probably a lot of the elements on, you know, individuals want to feel like an athlete. But one of the coolest things that, that you've just stated right now is the same reasons why NCAA has commercials stating, hey, I am a scholar, I am a entrepreneur before I am an athlete. And mm. you just really coined that. And I think it's really, really awesome. And I embrace, you know, I, I used to we, when we when we started the Wisconsin High School Esports Association. Mike Dolly's been president. We we had a good group of guys, uh, uh, people who who got it all together. Uh, we were really interested in approaching the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic mm -hmm. Association about partnering with them, mm -hmm. and they shot us down. Yeah, and 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 now I more embrace the fact that we are not part of that. Yeah, I you know I look at this and go, you know what? It's kind of like how. For the longest time, hip hop couldn't get in the door with re like with regular music, right? Yes, they were just seeing, no, that's an East Coast thing or that's yeah. a West Coast thing. We're not we're not getting in on that stuff. Yes, and they embraced like you know what they're like screw it, we're just gonna do our own. Exactly. And, we're just gonna, and there were some visionaries who saw what they were doing, but most people said we're just gonna do our own. And now I see a lot of the same thing with gaming and gaming yeah, culture. For sure, where it's like you know what. Yeah, don't call us esports athletes. We're fine with that. Yeah, we're going to do our own thing. We're going to embrace our differences, and we're just going to, you know, we'll we'll just kill it other ways. Exactly.
That's pretty awesome. Esports Observer just uh, released the actual article in regards to the evolution of hip hop and esports and how it's similar, you know, when yeah. it comes down to it. So that was a lot of our discussions yesterday, you know, which was really, really cool. So, you know, um, James, you know, you know, we have a question from Tyler and Tyler is stating, by the way, Tyler, thank you so much for your participation. I always see you. I always see you engaging. You know, I want to talk to you just like just just sit down and just discuss what have you learned in this space. Uh, and I think it's really, really awesome before I state that. Um, you know, Tyler says esports can be so simplistic. Do you think keeping up with the Joneses mentality is helping or hindering the space? You know, what's your thought processes on that? And you can speak on it from a organization perspective, a school organization, or however you feel is the best justification of the, the question. I, I, I think, yeah, there is there's a lot of FOMO. There's that there's a lot of the, the we gotta keep up with everybody. Here's here's where I I think um ha, has really helped me recently. Uh what was it? Last March or uh late February, early March, before COVID hit and everything else, uh Riot went and changed their community guidelines and basically shut out a lot of, of grassroots organizations, state associations from running their titles because they just didn't want to, right? They so fine, cool. I fought it, and I was like writing letters, and you know, <laughs> you know had, had to had to sign this letter and against riot and their community guidelines, and they're cutting schools out. Yeah. And what I saw this year, in really in like September, October, where there were a lot of schools, even though COVID had hit and they hadn't done a lot of prep work, they're like, we're going in on esports. Yes. Cool. And then you start hearing about, you know, a lot of people not showing up for matches, a lot of teams falling apart. You know, they paid their money, but they're disintegrating, right? Yes, right. Exactly. There, there was a lot of attrition. Yeah. I look now at what Riot has done and I said, you know what? Let's take their rules and let's rethink what esports is supposed to be in schools. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to work within these guidelines that they've given us because this is not a pipeline to the pros. Yeah. I'm all about graduation. Yes, I'm all about exactly. community. I'm all about engagement. Mm -hmm. I'm all about redefining athletic culture, diversifying opportunities for student participation, promoting good mental and physical health, honoring the importance of play in those collegiate, collegiate career pathways. Okay. Yes. How do I do that? Okay, cool. So rather than let's say have a League of Legends season that run, and we can't call it a season. Yeah. We have a League of Legends season and we run it for you know three months. I said, let's instead they said we can run invitationals fine two week invitationals we're going to run a series of invitationals back to back to back to back different play formats we can have teams move in and out yes and let people get their feet wet exactly let schools who have never done this before take a two week trial <laughs> and find out if it even works and here's the great thing after two weeks if it works out for you, you come back and you do another invitational. If it doesn't work out, you, you go back, you, you kick the tires and you go, what worked and what didn't? Exactly. Those series of invitationals, the way we're running them, um, I've got SHI, Intel, MSI, and UGC who are running everything uh, for us, which is great. Perfect. Which is awesome. Uh, providing yes. prizing. Uh, Spectrum yes. Industries up in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Yes. And, 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 and then not to stop you, oh. individuals out there, there are supporters and institutions and you know companies that really want to get involved just as much so 
go out and outreach and you will see it in the instance that James is speaking in right now. I, I was really surprised at the support we got for this idea, but it is, we're, we're gonna have prizing for each invitational, but then what we're doing, because there's nothing in the, the guidelines that say this, we're doing like a NASCAR setup where it's like points, right? So you win an invitational, you get points. You participate in the invitational, you get points. At the end of the six invitationals, whoever has the most points gets an ultimate prize. Yes. It, we're calling it the race to the cups. So each invitational is a cup. And then, you know, at the end, we total up all the points and we've got some really cool prizing for, uh, I think Spectrum Industries is giving uh, uh, the winning school a, uh, a customized chairs with their school colors. I mean, it's like, yes. But again, it's not thinking of let's have a season. It's yes. not saying, let, here's the pros. It's saying, let's, let's give everybody an opportunity to get their feet wet. Let's exactly. give different opportunities to play different formats yes. and, and then go from there. Exactly. I think that's really brilliant uh, due to the fact that, you know, there is a lot of aversion on, you know, the budget and does individuals want to be a participant of this? Do as an admin, do we even know what esports? Do we have to spend some more time to learn and engage? And how long would that take for us to learn and engage and figure out how to run these programs? But there are so many resources out there, you know, so definitely spend that time to understand it. So, you know, James, I have to ask you, you know, a, a really, a really dynamic question, you know, I know as an instructor, the and, and, and it's cool that you speak on the get paid element, you know, um, and that typically you do not hear that often. You typically hear from an instructor, a, you know, a school that's a that's government funded. You really hear a bad thought process in regards to business and business entities. And there's like this. Uh, you're for profit or, you know, your business or you're only you're not having the best. Um, it's, it's the thought process of not having the best intentions for that of uh, the student body. How do you combat that? Well, again, I think what's what's been happening with schools have operated a certain way. Our, our budgets are very different. How we get our budget is very different. Um, the timing of when we can purchase and, and set up things like right now is the time when we're setting up all our budgets for next school year. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's very difficult for us to take a sales pitch and say September, October, and then find money for things. Yes. Okay. Again, we, we, we already started our school year. Um, I think it is a matter of respect of the process. You know, you're not going to come into what basically breaks down to a public government entity yeah. and break the business model because we have rules in place for, for certain reasons, yeah, right? Sure. You have to engage with, with district leadership. You have to engage with even like with DPI or departments of public instruction at the state level yeah. because just going around, you know, the, the typical thing is we'll, we'll start at grassroots and that's the way esports has worked. Amateurs, you know, we're going to go grassroots and build it up that way. That works to an extent, but you eventually hit that glass ceiling. And that glass ceiling is very low. Yes, for sure. To make it happen, you have to invite in the educators, Just, you know, developers, people. Okay, here's a couple of companies who've done it really well over the years. Um, Google has done a fantastic job of inviting in educators and making educators feel part of the experience having them speak and talk at their conferences yes apple computers oh my god i mean i used to be a, a, an it director i i purchased apple computers are like double the price of a pc 
Yes. For sure. Yet schools go out and they will be Apple only school districts. Yes. They will buy iPads and iMacs and everything. They will spend on that because yeah. it isn't just a closed ecosystem that makes it easy to manage, which it does, by the way. But the other thing, the other big part of that is they have over the years built relationships. They have, they have, they have come with like, yes, we under, they've learned the yes. ecosystem. They have learned what it is that makes schools work. I'm amazed that a lot of these companies don't have an educator on staff who can even speak to yeah. the business side. You know, yeah, it's great to have classroom teachers, but again, get that, get that admin experience and see what it's like on the backside. And it, it is amazing when you see just how many moving parts make a school day happen for a child. Exactly. It, it, it's, it's a whole learning process. And it's something that I think a lot of people skip over because again, they see esports. they see, Hey, let's get kids involved. Yeah. yeah, that's cool and all, but we have checks and balances that we have to maintain on our end as well, too. That's perfect. So bypass the business or we're, we're past the business element. Now let's talk about the education curriculum. Talk about, you know, how what, what went into you choosing a education curriculum that's geared towards esports? How did you do it? Did you you know, replicate another model where you provided a model? Did you create your own model? You know, kind of speak on how you started and what do you see the trends are in the industry right now for the individual that wants to create this atmosphere for their particular organization or school district? Again, it's it's really is meeting their kids where they are. And again, it's very little that's, unfortunately, you know, again, people want the book or they yeah. want the the curriculum. And, and yes, there are curriculums out there. Um, it's important that uh, when we're looking at curriculum to realize that many of these were not written by educators. Okay. And that's, and that's no, no offense yeah. to anybody who's, who's taking the effort to do that. Mm -hmm. But again, there are certain standards and things that we exactly. have to come with in order to get them approved, even in some school districts. So it's just, not easy. I know <laughs> it's, it's a hard time. <laughs> it's, it's not. And, and, and again, that's why having an educator who, you know, whether you consult with and, you know, don't just come to them and say, Hey, I want to pick your brain or here, take a look at this for nothing. Yes. Pay those people, please. Yes. <laughs> pay them. Uh, especially if you're going to make money off of them, please pay them. Yes. But it's, it's important that, um, meeting meeting your school where they are and it, it takes it takes an educator to look at those things and go okay this is and understand the ecoverse and say this is what we can do again think of that art that visual arts school that are not the visual arts the, the fine arts school that we have here in Racine who the middle school who says we want to do a lot with video production okay then what we need to design is this and we don't even have to call it an esports anything i mean it's it is it is just getting down to video arts production okay and we actually have classes already in that that's the great that's the great thing about esports yeah. is there's a again if you look at that ecoverse take the word esports out of it it becomes a hell of a lot less intimidating at that point yes, exactly it becomes more familiar when you take the word esports out rather than esports it now it's just it well we have it pathways at the high school already yes. hey esports digital arts take esports out we have digital arts already at the high schools yes take out you know hey uh um we already do drama right that i mean shout casting don't call it shout casting call it video production yes it, it there's there's already these great things that we do i even had the um you know the, the conversation you know, I know that there's a lot of universities who are trying to develop esports programs. Yes. 
my own university is Purdue University, and they have a fantastic engineering program. And I've been consulting with them, and I say, look, don't do an esports mechanical engineering degree. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing with mechanical engineering. Put in an esports component. Yes. You don't have to rewrite the whole friggin' curriculum. You already have it there. It's it becomes now highly intrinsically motivating for kids who are already involved in mechanical engineering. To go, hey, I love this computer stuff. Yeah. I want to develop that mouse that's going to take a millisecond off clicks, or I'm going to develop that keyboard that makes everything a little bit faster. Or, and then you're talking patents, and then you're talking, you know, money. And it's it's amazing when we don't worry so much about, again, labels and branding. Exactly. Which I know draws people, and I know colleges. It people, yeah, it does. But you don't have to get ridiculous on everything has to have a super Mario involved yeah. or a Pikachu or, or, you know, a league of legends bend to it. There's a lot of great things that we can do even without those. Yeah, there are, you know, and it's really, really cool that you see it, you know, that you see in this space, you know, so, you know, with the sake of Tom James, you know, speak on anything that I was not able. Oh, perfect. Before we go talk about parents involvement, what is your oh, experience yeah. with parents and, you know, their first, like, I don't know. And they're first like, aha, like this is uh, this is for me. This is for my son. This is helping me, my son or daughter, you know, talk about your stories and then what you're seeing in the space that can really ease the mind of the parents in our local communities. I, I know that there, in fact, the New York Times did an article on screen time recently. Mm -hmm. And I felt I felt it was a bit of a hit piece. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it looked nearly at at the gaming culture in ways that I see it, especially through esports, through the lens of esports, because it's organized and competitive. We have a process around it. Um, but I will share a couple of stories. Um, first time we had a state finals was up in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And uh, I am, we, we had a, a, a Smash Brothers final taking place. And I'm just standing there watching uh, one of our scholar gamers uh, in competition and his grandmother who's about, I, I'm 6'2", she's about five foot. And she, you know, she just grabs my arm and she pulls me down and she just goes, this is so exciting. And I look at her, <laughs> I go, I know. <laughs> and and for her, it was that first, um, that first moment of, oh my gosh, this is yeah. something really happening. And I had another student whose family drove all the way up from Racine to Fond du Lac, it's about a three hour drive. Okay. And, um, his family didn't even know what he was doing and 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 they drove up and they saw him you know again they saw that as the waste of time they saw him as just he's just wasting all his time in the house and when they saw the uniform and they saw the competition and they saw the layout of all of that that's been i think some of the more important things i've had students who um you know talking about the community for just a second. I mean, the parents have been great, but we have yeah. some parents in our community who also don't connect well with their kids. Yes. And uh, we had a young man last year who um, had never had a birthday party. Mm -hmm. And the kids got together online and they met him down at the gaming lounge and they had a big day-long gaming session. It was kids from all different high schools who came together to help support him. Had, had never done that. And even now... Um, some of the ways that we've had some kids help to support some kids, because again, not all parents and kids see eye to eye on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. One of the simplest things we did, and I learned this from the UCI esports conference and I brought it back and I went, oh my gosh, why are we not doing this? Um, we started adding pronouns to our discord. Mm -hmm. and 
And I thought, I, you know, of course, here I am, the administrator going, okay, let's check all the boxes and cross all the T's and make sure this is all good. And I, and I consulted with, actually, I consulted with one of our scholar gamers and my friend, Carrie Linden. And I said, what, is this going to be a problem? Are we going to have issues here? Are there going to be bullying or whatever? Yeah. And what we found was that kids sometimes just need an adult to see them and see them for who they are and see them in the, in the space in which they live and want to work. And if I have advice for parents on any of this, it is sit down with your kids. You don't have to play the games with them, yeah. but you sit next to them while they're playing. You may annoy them, but you don't even just sit in the same room <laughs> and, and ask questions about the yeah. game and yes. just take in what they're doing. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I'm 45. Okay. I grew up playing video games. Chances are you've probably played yeah. something along, along the way too. Yeah. So join them where they are and, and take the time to learn and play with them. And, and, maybe and, and maybe introduce them to a game that you loved growing yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> that's really awesome, you know? And I think that that communication, like you said it good, you don't necessarily have to play. And the instance that you did, is just a positive. It's just a plus that's on it. And then for a parent that, you know, specifically that of looking at it in, um, in economically challenged areas, have the same concept too as that of, a mom that wants to support their son that's a football player that is expected to potentially go to a college or mm. that of the league. And typically you see those parents as, you know, an agent essentially, right? In this space, these individuals need agents, right? And ultimately you can be the agent for your son or your daughter. And it doesn't mean that they're gonna go pro in esports. It's literally helping them guide themselves through the pitfalls that the space will have. And so therefore you can ensure that your son and daughter is going through the proper steps of navigating um, this, um, this universe of esports. And I, and I, and, and I like always how you, you coined the term, you know, like, you know, esports is not necessarily the wild, wild west. It's more like right now, everybody is looking to tap into the moon. You know, when you said that, James, I was just like, it's a space race. So I was just like, oh, that actually makes really, really it gives credit to the innovators while out the, out at the same time saying we are in the open world <laughs> and mm -hmm. anything at this point goes. So, you know, as a parent, you can be that agent for your son or your daughter and to help guide them through this pathway, especially if they see interest, you know, they see interest inside of this space. Um, that's how unique this space is, is one little ounce of, hey, I wouldn't necessarily put that post of your gaming clip with you cussing on it, because right. ultimately that may hinder your chances of going to this college or this program. So what I, mean, your, I want is, you to do that. What is your brand? That's the question <laughs> I ask kids. What is your brand? What are you putting out there and how are you presenting yourself? What is your brand? Is a college going to want you as yeah. a model of their brand? Yes, exactly. So, James, do you have anything else that you want to provide that, you know, I have not touched on? I'm trying to cover all bases with you because you're so impactful for information and you consistently provide information just as much, even with your cohorts as well. So I hope I, I tackled everything, but I'm sure I probably did. Anything else that you want to be able to speak on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thursday nights, uh, the eSports EDU chats. We do them on LinkedIn as well as Twitch. Um, we, it includes myself, uh, I, and I, it's not my show. It, it is, it is a show of people, yeah. educators, Carrie Linden, Danielle yes. Johnson, Bradford Harris, uh, Gilad Rivas. Um, let's see, we've got, uh, who else do we have? Uh, uh, AJ, uh, Ashley Jones, uh, Gianna, uh, Angelique Giannis. I mean, we've got a lot of uh, Mike Dolly sometimes pops in. 
we've got a great group of educators there. Uh, and we talk on all subjects. It's diverse. It's exactly. open. We kind of just go off. And then those nights when we say, hey, we're not going to do anything deep tonight, all of a sudden we get super deep. <laughs> uh, we get super stupid. Um, and then I've also, uh, Sunday nights, I, I I put out the official uh, release of the eSports EDU, or not the eSports EDU, uh, excuse me, the Academy of eSports yes. podcast goes up. Uh, this week's my guest was Bradford Harris. Yes. Uh, coming up, I have Lori Bajoric from NEA. And then my 100th episode is going to be Ashley AJ Jones yes. uh, from Park University. She's my 100th episode. And then uh, after that, it's going to be Angelique Gianna. She's going to be on the on the podcast coming up here very soon as well. That's awesome. And, you know, I seen the, the 100th episode and I was just like, there's no way that I have the comedic spirit that you have to make someone laugh is uh, <laughs> as cool and unique <laughs> as you did. So, you know, that's something I'm learning from you just as much. Right. So ultimately, you know, James, you know, everybody that's out there, instructors, his information is at the bottom. As you see, um, definitely reach out. You'll see all of it. I, I co-sign it, right? I look at it, I tap in because I'm coming, you know, and our team is coming from a perspective where, you know, we have instructors on staff, but even from my own, this is new for me, right? It's like, how do you learn, you know, for the space? We seen it in importance, so we just, you know, we just jumped out there and said, this is what we need in this space. Now you have instructors that are putting together ecosystems, e Eco Spears, right? And Ecoverses. also Eco Versus. Ah, yes, Eco Versus. Thank you for ch challenging me. And they're putting together these Eco Versus and they're talking about true things that are going on in the education space and institutions and things that I wouldn't even be able to speak on. So at this point, definitely use, you know, a lot of your time to really engage with what's going on if you're an instructor in any of these local ISDs that we're around. We're six ISDs, you know. Listen to individuals who are building out these programs, and definitely James is one of those persons. So, you know, James, I thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's been like an hour, which is great to be able to, like, have as much as we can within this hour. And I'm supremely appreciative. Our team is supremely appreciative. Our community is a supremely appreciative. Thank you so much, James. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> Take it easy. We are exposure. And this is your pathway to pro.